Hello. Welcome home to the Nomadic Curiosity Podcast. Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay, sure. Um, well, I am Zach, uh, Zachary Madison, or whatever you want to call me. Some call me Red. Some call me Turkey Person. Not many. I just kind of made that one up, but... <laughs> Maybe there's been somebody out there who said it. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, so, yes. Hello and namaste. Uh, this is co-host Evan Smith. Um, and we got a, a really cool topic, which um, we're excited to talk about in all sorts of ways. So, the broad... Um, the broad spectrum? Yeah, the broad spectrum of influence the extraterrestrial life... Um, being physical and dense or light-bodied um, has on humanity and our whole reality, you know? Yes, Why here on this earth. This small, tiny rock way out in the edge of space, mm-hmm. floating around in some distant, far-off galaxy, far, far away. This little, small, insignificant sphere of consciousness dwelling beings who look upon the universe and recognize itself. That is a beautiful gift. Is that not true? And yet here we are sitting here thinking, I'm living in this world, this mysterious place, or this very just shitty sphere of world, whatever. And not many people get the chance to really sit back and reflect upon the history and the the, some of, I don't want to say unanswered questions, but I'd say some of the more uh, curiosities, more curious, yeah, more curious aspects of our existence, mm-hmm. especially pertaining to what has influenced us uh, in every way. Yeah, like for me, like, just the earth in general, yeah. For me, like, um, Logically speaking, I just, I, I 100% do believe that there's extraterrestrial life out there. Scientifically, the possibilities are just, it's just, it would be so insane not to believe that it's, that we're some sort of unique uh, little existence here on this rock in this solar system. Um, But I also believe that there's um, a reason why we are here. And kind of in a kind of, um, like an experimental program, I think, of, Mm. not to sound too far out there, you know what I mean? But I do believe that that extraterrestrial life has influenced our culture from the get-go, just from early Sumerian um, life in Mesopotamia and everything. I believe we were gifted language and we were were gifted mathematics, government, agriculture, you name it. We were we were provided with those things immediately. There wasn't a slow progression of evolution there. Um, well, at least you know we don't have recorded <clears throat> history of any such thing. It right. just seems yeah, like right. yeah, like with Sumeria, especially to me, what it seems like. I haven't really done that much research on it, but you know, from my perspective, it looks like there's just there's like no recorded history, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Sumeria, which is like a civilization that has extremely complex written language and all these advanced techniques of you know yeah like you're saying agriculture and uh even plumbing and things like 
uh, like aqueducts for basically providing city water, things like that yeah. you find in you know ancient Egypt and uh, Sumeria. And there's nothing really in even close to that in any other recorded history before that. Yeah. Well, also it was. Uh, I think it's actually Sumer. I don't think it's Sumeria, but I think Sumer. I think it was basically like. It was like a Rome or like an Athens of just humanoid primal beings, you know. We were gifted so much so quickly, you know what I mean? I think that a lot of our influence came from Enlil and um, Enoch. Wait, Enlil? Enlil and Iki, sorry. Enlil and Iki. Inki. I can't pronounce that. Inky, Inky, whatever. Um, where they basically were kind of um, the first kind of gods that we worshipped as well as humans in our evolution. You know, and then you kind of see that anyway with all religions and all kind of civilizations reoccurring, even if they've had no communication or interaction with each other, you know, on different continents and whatnot. Um, we all have this idea of, like, an angel or star people or... Some, yeah, actually, some deity that comes down from the heavens or the clouds or the that skies. That kind of reminds space. me of... Well, I know you're going on the, the Sumeria um, thing, but something that you said reminded me. It's like the oldest civilization that's still active today is the uh, what, what is known as the indigenous uh, Australians, the aboriginals. Oh, okay. Aborigines. Um, uh, although I heard that they very much so don't like being called Aborigines. I, I really? Guess. Yeah, oh. I'm not sure exactly what to call them, but that's... Okay, yeah. You know, um, but um, th- one of the things that they talk about specifically is uh, basically being uh, star children, or, or you know, they, they are ancestors that came from beings from the sky, which they came from a time in which they called the dream time where basically they were imagined into existence and that's how their civilization started here on earth mm-hmm. and that's what their you know that's the oldest existing still existing civilization on the planet and that's what their that's what their culture is somewhat organized off of is that that belief that core belief system mm-hmm. the, the star people and coming from dream time and that kind of just reminded me a little bit of, you know, the lines that you're going off of. Yeah, it's it's also, it never ceases to blow my mind how um, ancient indigenous tribes and cultures and civilizations knew so much about quantum physics. <laughs> and without knowing, like, intuitively, they just knew how reality was working, that it was a constant fluctuating, shifting mirage of light and, and sound and all these things. It, it just still always, it blows my mind always. But yeah, when I when I listen to any, um, honestly, I, I have a bias, you know, so whenever I'm listening to any um, religious um, deities or figures, I kind of am always assuming that they're talking about an extraterrestrial, you know, who had advanced technology that blew our minds as a less evolved, less intelligent species as he, as a human, you know? Um, well, especially for me, that comes into play with uh, Hindu, uh, the, the Hindu religion, Hinduism, 
uh, a lot of that stuff. You know, they talk about Vishnu incarnating eight, nine times, whatever, into a uh, into a human form in order to, which is a god incarnating into a human body in order to basically make these massive shifts. Like they would say, the Hindus, I'm pretty sure, believe that Jesus Christ was a incarnation. It was a incarnation of Vishnu. Uh, was you know, a preserver spirit of like great proportions. So um, the the Hindus kind of refer to these kind of characters, um, like Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. or um, you know any prominent figure that has brought on a lot of peace, like Mother Teresa or Gandhi, Gandhi yeah, yeah or, or the Buddha or whatever, um, as basically avatars. They they refer to them kind of as avatars, as what we can kind of translate, you know, kind of into English as these beings um, who are just eternal beings. And there's um, there's a lot of beings that they claim still also um, dwell in India underground as well, which is really interesting because you hear that kind of a lot in every kind of, on every continent or every country. You kind of hear of some sort of race of beings that, um, that dwell under, you know, underground or like whatever. Like underground, like under the earth, or like under, like, uh, like the radar. Like they do it unknowingly. Is no, they dwell to... actually underground. Hmm, like there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of stories of um, a figure named Baba G, um, who was an avatar, um, or is. He's supposed to still roam around, and he's hundreds and hundreds of years old, um, and he also has like a sister as well. Um, that are like these avatars like Jesus Christ, you know, or, uh, you know, what all religions kind of usually pick a good example of somebody, you know, that they really look up to and admire, you know? And use them almost as an archetypal figure for somebody right. to strive for. Right, yeah, right. It's, that's, that's actually a really uh, awesome feature of human consciousness or the psyche is, you know, we use these archetypal <laughs> figures to be basically the place for something we could consider like a uh, like the super ego mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a weird sense there because the ego wasn't always necessarily a bad thing you know having the concept of a self because it helps strive us to grow to be better people and things it's almost like an incentive of it, it, it comes from ignorance sure of not res- necessarily recognizing the whole picture of who and what you are but it gives us these beautiful energies to strive towards that maybe we w- might not have even thought of. And that's okay, um, too. Beforehand. I, I really do enjoy that aspect of, of our our consciousness, of our domain. Yeah, because lots of figures, too, that we do, uh, like archetypes, kind of like archetypal figures and stuff that we're kind of talking about now. Um, I mean, I, I believe they're just as human as well. I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe I would think more on it at some point and change my mind based on certain, you know, people or whatever. But all of us in general who have a heartbeat and, you know, are looking at each other's eyes and, and going to the grocery stores and everything, we uh, we still have forms. We still need to identify as a, as a person, and it makes it easier. We're social beings. We're beings that thrive off of socialization. Yeah. Our isolation, it's shown to not be necessarily beneficial at yeah. a collective level. Yeah, so, you know, but yeah, I do agree that we do look up to these kind of figures as like, you know, I want whatever he's got or she's got, you know. I want whatever they've got. <laughs> yeah, like, you know? I, I want to have the moral, the moral f- fucking, like, force of uh, uh, Jesus or Buddha, whatever it is, you know. Like, we, we strive towards those things. That's a fundamental principle of a lot of... Um, 
religions basically is, you know, here's this this idea of a person that we should all collectively come together and strive towards being closer to, mm-hmm. strive towards being more representative of the characteristics and traits that they represent. And, and we and do a, that. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we do that too with not just um, dense material beings as well, but just with, um, you know, depending on maybe what philosophy or religion or place in the world, what culture you have around you might be influencing your opinions. But we have, um, you know, light beings that we also... We strive um, yeah, like for guidance and an in, in, in influence from, you know? Just like um, like the Arcturians, which is a race of extraterrestrials who um, many people, uh, many humans throughout the years have channeled or um, been in contact with or whatever you want to call it, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're an advanced... Um, extremely old um, extraterrestrial race that has dropped their bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they've, they've achieved the um, they've achieved the part of their evolution in which they've transcended the need to have a physical form, a body. Yeah, and you could, it makes you kind of curious too. I was just thinking about like the Mayans, you know what I mean? And every everything, like missing civilizations that have just literally up and disappeared. Which I believe are probably two possibilities. Both of them involve extraterrestrials. Either they went underground, or they went off the planet. You know what I mean? Or they just don't need bodies at all right, anymore, Right, because there's a lot of missing archaeological um, to, like uh, evidence to support what happened to them, really. Well, right? I mean, technically, there's still mines. Like, you know what I mean? There's well, just yeah, been... Yeah, but I mean, like, happened been, to the... There's been certain civilizations where about, like, 30,000 have gone missing at a time without any um, without any history um, or evidence of, like, a disease coming through without any bodies being found, mm-hmm. no skeletons. Yeah, like, uh, archaeological evidence that would support right. mass death right. or right. evacuation. Right. So that's, that's always something, like... I don't know. It's always something, a curious thing, you know, that I like to wonder about, too. Because I do believe, um, you know, that um, we've got Lumerians, um, definitely, I would say, on our continent, at least. Like, in, in the North American continent, I would say. And then the um, Agarthans also have been uh, noted and spoken to for a long time, and... They're supposed to be um, a humanoid being as well, similar to the Lumerians, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, while we're on that topic of, uh, you know, I don't want to move along too fast, but I did want to kind of cover, we, you know, we brought up Arcturians, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and many believe that they came from the uh, star Arcturius which is part of the Boutis, I think I'm saying that right, constellation. It's like B-O-O-T-E with umats over it. Yes, yeah, S, yeah. Um, and, you know, so, like, we kind of, there's energies that there, and there's, like, other constellations as well, like Vega and um, the the Draco star cluster and yeah, all, all kinds of other, um, you know, things but the interesting part about that is the mythology that forms around these stars because this isn't new no the the idea of arcturians and other of these names you know are not a new thing to us this isn't like we're just now being like ah this is what it is see it's like things that have been like they've, they've been recorded and and 
detailed and listed out through you know different people being able to channel and stuff and you find in those channels that they they have such deep wisdom like palladiums we didn't even mention the, the they're one of the most popular ones you've yeah. probably heard about the pleiades and the palladians yeah stuff. So, you know we've had uh professional channelers uh who have written down these transcripts from the channels that it's almost producing like a phd level of metaphysical understanding from, you know, people that wouldn't have normally had that information, you know? Right, right. And so, like, you find little things like that that really, they spark your curiosity. And they grab your attention. You start looking at those things. And it's just so awesome to think what's going on could perhaps have gone on throughout all of human history. Mm -hmm. And that we can see some of those things that are mysterious happening then. Maybe even beginning to manifest in the present. So, let me ask you a question. Because, like, without a doubt, I believe there's been a lot of influence throughout the whole civilization of humanity from extraterrestrials. But why do you think that um, extraterrestrials would be interested in, in humans at all, in your opinion? Hmm. Curiosity? Uh, <laughs> perhaps maybe there's... Well, I guess you would have to take into account motives. Yes, because you're kind of asking me what the motives are, and I believe, you know, maybe our species, different species evolve <clears throat> to adapt to inter-being with their environment. So if there is a, a race of, or species of beings that are hyper-conscious beings who have achieved great technological success, or perhaps uh, deep consciousness and metaphysical success, that their environment changed over time, you know, I don't know the history of them, but they would mean that would mean that what their since their environment changed to more of a space dwelling being, that would mean that their purpose in interbeing with their environment changes. So as that started to evolve, maybe they found that uh, they have to have some sort of a symbiotic relationship between a lower consciousness being. Well, in or uh, this is just my theory. You let know, me, let me ask you a more pointed question, though, because that I guess that was too broad of a question. Because depending on your opinion of like next, it the could Draco be people or trying to enslave us, or people yeah. trying to enlighten us, or <clears throat> I guess okay. So what do you believe? Let's just go with the Arcturians for an example. Okay. A highly, highly advanced, highly. Uh, just beautiful civilization in my opinion you know um, what what kind of role do you think they would play why do you think th what part of evolution are they trying to um, encourage or influence okay. here's the idea then alright so a highly conscious highly evolved species of beings like the Arcturians would uh, in my in my opinion from this perspective would say Perhaps they've become closer to source, uh, meaning the they source of what consciousness is. Where we are starting to become aware of the, the reality of who and what we are at the deepest level, of our higher self level. And perhaps these entities, the Arcturians, are basically merging with the source. They're just so close to the source that they are extremely benevolent they're they're so close to source that they are physically manifesting the energy of love and so the mere presence of them in general would produce an effect that would affect us on a on a planetary level it's like when it's like they're a flame and if you take an ice cube and just leave it in a dark room 
the ice cube, you know, let's say the room is cold, you know, in a cold, dark room, the ice cube takes a very long time to melt, which means to r slowly uh, loosen in density, you know, become less dense and turn into a liquid. If you take a flame, and that flame being the Arcturians, which is an extremely powerful energy of consciousness, you put that flame right next to the, um, the ice cube without ever even touching it, it's just automatically, because of its radiant energy, impacting the particles of that ice cube in order to loosen its density, basically help it transcend its form, its former form. And, you know, eventually long enough, that too will evaporate. But, you know, that's just a weird analogy that I'm going at. Meaning maybe the Arcturians are a benevolent, loving energy, a very close to source, meaning they see what they are and they know very deeply who and what they are. And they recognize that in us too. And they, they have compassion for the aspects of source that is unconscious, the, if you will, frozen blocks of the source's consciousness. So, and so it's basically trying to uh, be, help us become aware of who and what we are because they recognize that as a result of that awareness, so shall peace and prosperity become our uh, priority. So Maybe spew, spew our, our lesser desires, like greed and lust and all of those things. This is just a possibility. It's a very deep question, you know? So something that kind of came to mind um, was that when you were kind of, you were kind of mentioning the, the ice cube melting, you know, and then I was kind of thinking um, of states of matter, you know, and how the atoms, uh, how the atoms and particles or whatever um, are vibrating, you know. So obviously everybody knows, um, well, I don't know. Most people know from science class in sixth grade, you learned about solids, liquids, gases, and so on through high school. Not as much where, about bose einstein constant and plasma, but No, still. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you kind of learned that as you go from solid to liquid to gas, you're, the energy um, is in increasing. The vibrations are increasing. Higher vibration means a less dense form, which means you can mold to and adapt to your environment yeah. far easier. When you so, put an ice cube in a glass, it stays an ice cube. But water so, in a glass, it fills the shape of its container. Yeah, so something, too, I was, I was just kind of thinking about is even on our own planet, the, like the most uh, highly vibrational um, beings that I would consider conscious would even just be like water. You know what I mean? And things that we might not typically even think of, of as conscious. I just kind of was zoning out, and it was just something I kind of wanted to mention because I thought it was kind of cool. Like like how like water or even um, minerals, um, you know, like crystals that, you know, um, you know, people use for healing purposes or, or um, you know, chakra work, energy work, this and that, you know, for any shamanic reasons. Um, I guess the the more dense the vibration is, I guess I would have to consider the most um, or the most highly vibrating, you know, states of matter, if you can even call it the that. least resistant to change. Well, I would just think that's ha that would have to be where consciousness would have to exist in general, because I believe that um, the orgone energy is what carries consciousness throughout things, you know, 
I, I do believe that um, from Wilhelm Reich's work and everything. Um, but th- I don't know. It's just something that kind of came to mind and when I was thinking about the Arturians have to be like this kind of this one mind entity that if it chooses it could it could make itself kind of tangible or visible to our senses um, or you know not just especially to human but you know to maybe more dense beings in general they would have to be vibrating at such a high frequency like it would like just fucking blow our pants off you know mm-hmm. and like well yeah and well so like one thing that I've seen with um, channel work uh, which uh, I with my last podcast that I did with a friend of mine um, we had interacted with a couple of other uh, podcasters and one of them uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shout out uh, enlighten up uh, right now it's just ran by Nicole Frolic you find that on her channel uh, they do a lot of talking about a lot of these topics um, with um, like channel work and stuff and mm-hmm. so like you know I, they kind of also will kind of help you kind of have a better understanding of how that stuff works and one thing that I've found is that just because you know they're a higher vibrational energy and they there's a greater love force it there's also a huge acceptance and you find that maybe some of the interactions aren't this like godly like Here's the deepest wisdom. Sometimes there's a foolishness in there, and it's like a childness, a childlike like a humor. Yeah, yeah like there's a sense. there's a deep humor in it. Yeah. yeah, it's like, like they are like it doesn't matter. You know, like uh, who gives a fuck? This is how the fun shit goes, and like you know, it, it's got like a it's still an authentic being. Mm-hmm. You know that that's kind of the point that I'm trying to draw is that it it might be very enlightened. It just means that it's not so tightly wound so densely like every little you know if you punch a solid object the whole object takes the force when you punch a liquid your hand goes through it when you try and punch a gas it's like you're just punching air so what you find is the less dense you are the less tightly wound the lower vibration the higher vibration the more less dense you are the higher like a gaseous state of consciousness the more resistant to externalities you are if somebody's throwing negative energy at you it's not you taking the whole brunt force of that energy you're able to kind of look just like it passes through you almost right right and you just kind of move around it and you're not impacted by all these little things so the the foolishness of it isn't so You know, we're just really, like, reactive to foolishness. We think, oh, that foolery, we need to be serious and love each other, damn it! But when you raise in vibration, that love is just naturally accepted and recognized between every interaction. So, you know, I guess that helps me picture that the archetypal (laughs) image isn't so, like, it has to be fucking Jesus, where it's, like, so, like, no, I stand up! But what is right and indignant? Yeah, yeah. we're we're yeah. we're getting past that almost. We're we're yeah, we're evolving consciously a... through that state where we can recognize the love in everything. Yeah, which is a hard thing to do. That's a non-duality that we're yeah. coming close to. Because C- in my opinion, I would believe that um, many other life forms um, or you know entities on other planets or fuck whatever here it doesn't matter it depends on what your version of reality is you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the astral plane in the physical plane i don't know what you're talking about man you know most time but like i would think that arturians are really highly advanced really highly 
like conscious beings um, wouldn't really want to interact all that much anyway because they're just going to allow us to go through the motions and you know come home when we're ready you know because it's yeah. not I don't believe we're separate yeah. from those beings well, yeah. that we might say are on different planets or this or that you know because even if we do talk about races like maybe like the um you know the the draco or draco who are supposed to be like a reptilian or insectoid um race mostly reptilian is from what people have said you know but a lot of people have negative associations with those beings you know but i don't think the arcturians step in and you know slap the the draco's hand you know every well, yeah, time I think we're talking about different different uh, densities of existence entirely, meaning like that's why I kind of use the flame near the the ice cube yeah. because they're just their mere presence near us is affecting us. Right, they yeah. don't need to come down here and incarnate in human form it's like... and cause all this drama to make change. Literally, them just being near us, that radiant energy, which means anything that passes in that realm, whether they be Draco or a lizard that lives in the Mojave Desert, that's also being impacted by their mere presence. So I think that that high state of, of spiritual attainment and, and being does just affect everything in that domain that it surrounds. Yeah, because I was kind of thinking too, like the Arcturians really, um, they wouldn't be able to just sit at a table and have lunch with us and talk about you know, the wonders of the world, <laughs> you know, or the universe or whatever. It'd you know, be like because, us sitting down with a, like, a chimp. Well, what I was going to say was... I'm sorry. Yeah, what I was going to say more. was that, like, um, it'd be like an adult trying <laughs> to have an intelligent conversation with a baby. I mean, the baby can only That's a really... That's example, yeah. The baby can really only feel the vibrations of the adult or, like, even a cat or a dog, for example. Something, you know, on a... I can feel it, but it might... It, can't even interpret it though. yeah we can't use we can't just use language or numbers to communicate back and forth with each other and then just be right on the same you know riding the same wavelength it's just not going to happen i think you know there's a certain point where they have to let us grow up a little bit you know they have to let us you know scratch ourselves in our sleep and and you know have a sore stomach and and not be able to communicate as well but have to kind of just go through the motions and and grow and and, um, you know, eventually, you know, get to that point where, you know, we, we can just, in a metaphysical way, sit down at the table and talk about the wonders of the universe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just, we're just so young, I think, as a, as a species, um, well, then, well, you know? Yeah, well, I guess, too, that's where a lot of that intuitive work has to come in play. Because we can intuitively be aware that there are energies here that are impacting us that we don't understand. Yeah. But what we can do is begin to intuitively recognize the energies when we feel them or when we, you know, maybe even just think something that is happening. Just not to sit there and try and interpret it and make it into something any more than it is a silent energy impacting us, a radiant, a radiant force of energy. We don't have to even place the name Arcturians on it. That could just be an interpretation that we've right. come up with. Who knows what that energy is? It could literally be nothing. It could be just like uh, little like beams of energy that our science hasn't even 
come to be able to recognize with instruments that we've created that's just coming from the sun. I mean, you know? the Arcturians could even just be like one element. It could, or just electricity. Or just sound. Yeah, well, you even know? that, like... <laughs> it's just, there's there's so much. It's a, it's a very intense topic, and we definitely intend on uh, elaborating on a lot of that oh, yeah, th- yeah. throughout our podcasting days uh, to come. Uh, so with all of that being said, I remember you talk, You were starting to talk about um, some of the uh, some of the ideas that I, I'm not remembering fully what you were talking about. I know you were talking about the Lumerians and those aspects. We were talking about the Arcturians and the Dracos and all of those interpretations. But I guess when it comes down to this, one question that I think a lot of people that are probably more skeptical to these types of topics would ask, if there are aliens here and they're interacting with us, how come they haven't made themselves known to everyone yet? Why haven't they just landed a flying saucer, the light White House lawn, or whatever it may be? That's a question that a lot of people really do get hung up on. So I want to know what your interpretation or your answer to that question is. Sure. Because, um, you know, I've done a lot of research into the topic of, like, evidence. I'm very... Nerd. Yeah, I'm very anal about that. I'm very Ew. skeptical, very anal about things. You know, that's just how I like it, okay? So you don't like judge it, you me. You like it anally. Yeah, okay? Don't slut-shame me for doing research, okay? I prefer to have... Anal research, have, we get it. Yeah, I prefer to have a logical reason for what I'm believing because it just helps me it helps resonate it helps everything become more cohesive you know I don't have any particular beliefs that can't fit in with all my other core beliefs I like to keep it that way you know what I mean just like I can study multiple religions or multiple civilizations and this and that but when it comes to like even just just to be nitpicky like you know why haven't aliens made themselves known I mean, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> like, you're kidding yourself. You have to look. You know what I mean? You have to look around. You know, that, that it's crazy. That's like saying, like, you don't, you don't see how the air is affecting you. Okay, yeah, but when you put it in perspective, the air is always affecting you, and so are extraterrestrials. They've made themselves physically known over and over again, you know, to our senses. Just like how I was saying, kind of be nitpicky. There has literally been documented UFOs flying over the White House. You know, there's mm-hmm. literally been documented. Our government but, has come out that, even earlier this year and said there are these are vehicles that we believe are uh, made not of this earth. Yeah, off-world vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know who they are. Or at least we're not telling you who we think they not are. Not of Earth origin, right? And th- that was an actual official government statement. Yeah, because that was covered there's been, by this the there's been tons of Senate intelligence. Yeah, there's been, um, just, like, from physical evidence, there's been, there's just so much evidence. There's there's so much different kind of technology that we've received anyway from from different craft that have landed here anyway. Like, if, even if you take, for example, like, um, like Kevlar. Mm-hmm. Or if you take, for the example... The microwave. Or um, if you take, for example, um, n- the night vision technology. Mm-hmm. All these kinds of things. It's so simple, we don't realize it, but there's a lot of influence we've had. And a lot of these things are technologies that were, like, the computer chip, even. Yeah, yeah, These yeah. things just were not of existence, yeah. and then and boom, now they're just, they're they're everywhere. 
Yeah, so I mean, every just, household. That's has why them. it's like it's up to everybody to do their own research because then I would be sitting here for like six and a half years trying to explain to you, like, trying to can not even convince you, just try to yeah, uh, state just share the things that you've yeah. learned and and the perspectives that that's yeah, given. go go find reliable sources and do your own research. Because it's so easy I to believe, sit there and say, well, who knows where you got that shit from? You could just be making it up, or they could have been lying. The sources that you heard, or just whatever. So do your own research. Yeah. If you think you're, if you know, look into uh, the lies of the peop- of the the known uh, disclosure uh, people like uh, well, David but, Wilcox but or Corey Good or whoever. Emery Smith would be my favorite person to really look into. I really, he's a, such a trustworthy guy. Emery Smith is his name. Look into him if you haven't already, honestly. But uh, to answer your question, you were kind of saying, um, what were you saying? You were saying, why haven't they kind of interfered more are you kind of saying or why haven't well i mean like why haven't haven't, why aren't they you know here why don't they just be open about working with us well i mean why is it so secretive if it's so real why is it so secretive well i think that i think for um more or less taking an argument that i've heard from a lot yeah 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 just from a reasonable standpoint i mean there's plenty of evidence of aliens not directly interacting with us speaking directly to us but you know, involvement with nuclear weapons, misfirings. That was and one of the things like that. that they talked about in that documentary. That um, they talked about on uh, like uh, Tucker Carlson. I think he had somebody oh, from right. the White yeah. House on his show. Um, which you know, the politics aside, that being in a mainstream news outlet, uh, that's uh, you know Tucker Carlson had the most record views in cable news history earlier this year. You know, and he covered and that News. earlier this year. Yeah, that's Fox News, yeah. too. And, you know, on his show, he had a person from the government literally talking about this documentary that they made in order to talk about... Do you remember what it was called? I don't... No, I don't um, remember what it was called. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll put in the link later. Um, but essentially, they talked... One of the big things they talked about was the extraterrestrials or, or the, the unidentified aerial phenomena, vehicles, and, quote, beings... Uh, showed a strong interest in interfering with our nuclear weapons capabilities. One of the specifics is putting nuclear uh, weapons in space and uh, launching them and even our ability to use them. It's shown that they've interfered with that time and time again. Not just the United States, but multiple different so, countries have reported the same that's thing. That's why I think that there's, there's plenty of evidence. There's plenty, plenty, plenty. Like, there's so much evidence that it's just insane. It's like just trying to say that gravity is not real. Where is it? I don't see it anywhere. All right, buddy. Like, then okay. All right. You know, it's just your own opinion of what you can consider fact, even if you can't totally understand it. You know what I mean? You don't know how you're digesting your food right now, but, you know, you don't... Uh, there's all these things, but... Either way, well, actually, I think there's all these th- tiny microorganisms no, and no, these no. enzymes. No, I'm just kidding. So I think there's like a certain point where like, why would why would me as an why would I as an adult try to have a conversation about something as complex as this with my dog? It wouldn't receive intellectual in- information like this, and I don't believe that we can receive the level of not intellectual but just like. I don't even have words for the the kind of energy that we would have to be able to be um, 
communicating with. Well, you know? I mean, one thing you can see with a dog. A dog might not be able to recognize... Well, actually, some dogs can recognize human words and symbols. That's yeah, been shown. Yeah, that is true. But uh, dogs usually can recognize when there's a threat or not. Dogs can usually recognize when something's wrong. If, say, your their founder, their founder, their owner, their master is having a heart attack and falls on the ground and is ever having a seizure, dogs know and they react to that and they'll try and help. Or you can train a dog to rescue uh, people from an avalanche and they know how to search for people specifically. So, in other words, dogs can recognize situational changes and especially energy changes, like when there's a threat being imposed. Dogs know this isn't normal, that person is aggressive, they recognize the body language and stuff. Yeah. So it would be possible that dogs can recognize certain energies, but we might not be able to understand how to do that. But perhaps a being that isn't human, you know, has figured out how to communicate with humans in the same way humans have figured out how to communicate with dogs. They might right. not be able to really right. understand us, right. but they can react to us. Right. Just in the same way, we might not really be able to understand the beings, but we can react to them. Yeah. So maybe they just haven't fully made themselves known. Well, I think because, they also... Because, well, we wouldn't understand them. I think they also just don't want to interact too much to the point where it's become... Um, like tyrannical, you know what I mean? Where they would mm-hmm. come, they would come to dictate um, how well, and what people how would we worship should evolve. Them as deities, we would basically just be like, "Well, give us everything, all the technologies, and we need to kind of evolve for and ourselves." That's, that's kind of a thing too. Um, just kind of like a side note, because we're gonna get totally like way. We're gonna digress over and over. This with is this a very topic. theoretical. But yeah. with like um, with um, you know, with Ra and everything. Oh, the law of right, one. Like with Ra, he's a uh, he. Well, they're an entity um, that when they came in the '80s through um, the woman that that, Dawn that channeled um, Ra, Ra even made it clear. I, I have, I have tried to communicate in the past with humans and your civilization, and I have um, unintentionally formed cults. And we have unintentionally, um, you know, formed religions and um, more separation and more division and um, more negative consequences through interaction. Mm-hmm. So there's only a certain amount of level where you can really communicate with a primal animal before you before you scare us. I'm not gonna lie. I totally 100% believe that. Right now, if an alien beams down and is and standing right in front of me, I'm going to be scared because I have a primal survival instinct, a territorial survival instinct that is going to see a being more sentient than me Which and is... be genuinely mind blown. My whole world will explode. Yeah, and well, that falls into two things. One being we're used to being the 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 top dog in our food chain right. uh, in our in our realm of existence in our you know in our ways and in our works two we're the most technologically advanced from our perspective and the other thing would be we have had so much predictive programming from our uh, movies and such that have almost basically not almost that have basically portrayed the uh, archetype of extraterrestrial invasion meaning that oh aliens come they're here to enslave us to kill us to wipe us off 
to wipe us just to take everything we've ever done. You know, we've had that predictive programming. Alien bad. There's been good movies like E.T. that are like benevolent <laughs> and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But but there is that, you know, uh, War of War of Worlds where it's you know, basically saying, yeah, when aliens come, they're they're here to invade us. Independence Day. They're trying to kill us and enslave right. us and take yeah. all of our things and we must fight back and destroy them. Well, just like the one so that predictive programming does affect the way we societally view the concept of beings from other planet extraterrestrials. If we were exposed to more of the Palladian uh, world of interaction, we would recognize that a lot of them might be extraordinarily benevolent and here to just help us, to love us, to help us grow and solve our world problems and our separation and our mass attempts to either kill each other and all these things, then maybe there is a benevolent force that is impacting our planet. If they've made it, like in my opinion, just like a belief I have about extraterrestrial life is if any civilization or species has made it to the point in evolution where they're capable of um, the technology and the um, the evolution that we that they have made to even be able to make themselves known here to us on Earth, I believe that you don't make it that far without having put ego aside and having put survival, primal fear. Um, aside, be, uh, growing out of that, you know, evolving beyond that. So, in my opinion, you know, whether it's um, Pleiadian or um, Arcturian or uh, whatever, you know, um, I, I don't fear any idea of um, extraterrestrials coming in to do any harm because... I don't think they would have made it in their point of evolution. I think they would have already destroyed themselves being territorial and being fearful and primal. I, I think that there comes a certain point of, uh, of our evolution that, that I think source or God or, or love or truth or, or whatever word you want to put there, you know, has the upper hand in our evolution where... We evolved beyond the need to separate or identify separately with with each other, and it, it just yeah, you know that's just kind of my opinion more so though, because I mean there's plenty of different um, people who have thoughts on uh, the Anunnaki or the Draco being um, you know controlling tyrannical um, monstrous you know beings like scary. Um, but I, I don't I don't fear that. That's like I, I don't really go around every day fearing um, maybe what you call like demonic entities, spirits um, of malicious and malevolent intent. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't I don't really fear that because I believe if you meet them at love, um, their vibration just like breaks apart. I just don't think it can mm. enter your reality, you know. Like, I, don't, I just don't think that I'd be able to encounter, like, a really demonic spirit um, and it be able to get through because I don't think I'd be at the level to be able to communicate with it at all, you know? If anything, I think... Um, then exercising your... Well, sorry, you, you finish your thought first. Well, you know, because I do believe that um, 
if you're a being that may be like polarized um and then in the negative sense not not in the word like bad but i mean in in the law of one they, they kind of talk about like densities being polarized as um as as negative or positive mm-hmm. and um I believe they say that you can only make it to, like, the sixth density or something. Or not sixth. In physical form. Um, uh, no, no, no. Not just physical form. Um, but once you're beyond that, oh, once ninth. you're... Yeah, once you're a collective, um, because there's... I don't know. There's different degrees, you know, of densities. And um, at a certain point, you're a collective consciousness. But I think you can't go beyond that when you're negatively polarized in your evolution according to raw oh that's right where you have the separation at the fourth density of your basically whether you're like we said we can cover the law of one a little bit more in a different um podcast oh, yeah. yeah but there's like a separation between your intent after the fourth density and which direction you evolve from there and it could be either polarized in the means of extreme self-importance or the extreme importance of the collective mm-hmm. and that determines in which direction you uh, blossom what would color your flower blossoms in in a sense yeah. into the next density that i guess that's a very broad and brief interpretation of what that means like yeah. i said i'm trying to keep it simple right right but i just believe that like I just believe you can't really make communication. You can't tune into each other's frequencies if you're that far from each other, you know? So whether that whether that spirit, whether that entity is, um, you know, so beyond us, because I'd say we're a pretty neutral, um, a, a pretty neutral frequency or vibration. You know, I'd say we're pretty neutral. We're not polarized super negatively or super positively. I think we have a good balance here on Earth, you know? Um, but whether we were speaking Darcturians, who I'm going to say are more positively um, polarized, or Draco, who I'm going to say are more negatively polarized, I don't believe that we can make contact as easily because there's a we don't have the bandwidth, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. I don't, I, but you know, so I don't really personally fear the idea of, of, of that because I don't think that it can physically manifest if we can't vibrationally tune into one another's frequencies. Then too, I think, I think that. It, it all comes down to, you know, your ability to accept and, and to basically, not master, but your ability to recognize and understand how to use your, uh, your, sensi- your, your sensitivity to that energy being absorbed. Because people that might not be as aware or, or accepting of those types of energies might then be more susceptible to being impacted by a quote-unquote demonic or... Uh, maliciously intended uh, entity or force, like, or, you know, spirit or whatever you want to call it, because they're not really, they don't really understand how to use their, whereas, you know, the more work you do in, in working with those types of energies and recognizing, you learn how to basically turn off your rece- receptivity to those things and you don't feed into the energy that it gives you. Because it's subtle. It's like a, it's like a seduction. It slowly gets your attention and slowly draws you in like it would be trying to trap an animal. You can recognize almost immediately when something's starting to happen and the more, uh, the more, I guess, uh integrated you are with your ability to read energy you're able to basically just cut off, cut it off cut the snake at the head uh you know yeah see i believe too that um depending on if we're saying that an entity is like negatively polarized 
I believe that that works, um, those beings, um, basically, um, strive on resistance. They are fed by resistance, um, you know, in a sense. And resistance can be summed up in one part by fear, or there's other forms of resistance, but fear is a very common one. And, um, I believe with, uh, um, coming from a place where, um, in a human experience, we have, um... You know, we've got all kinds of shows on TV where there's some ghost hunters, you know, and then they're using the little, uh, the using the little copper rods and they're walking around and then, ah, they're all scared and they're all running away and, oh, something touched me and it whispered in my ear and I have three scratches on me and this and that, which I'm not making fun of. I'm just saying we have this kind of ability to actually tune into frequencies at that level as well when we do... Um, invite them to be able to have open communication. When we open a channel with them, whether you're aware of it or not, if you're living in in this extreme fear, you know? Because, uh, yeah, you know... Because it all comes down to the energy that you're outputting when you open up the channel. The channel is like a radio station, and the energy that you're putting out is like the tuner for that radio dial. Well, it's kind of what you're you're responding with, though. Yeah, yeah, but if you're putting out an energy... You're putting out the, the vibe of, you know, kind of fear or, or, or kind of... You're, you're allowing that state of uncertainty to offset the purity of the channel. So the uncertainty basically alters the ability for you to... Uh, it alters what you're channeling. So if you're putting out that uncertainty, the, depending on how much uncertainty you're putting out or, or lack of trust, the... Uh, fear is actually creating a resistance energy that you're putting out and you're channeling that same energy that you're putting out so you'll get entities that will also feed off of that now if you're channeling from a state of complete and pure love and acceptance straight up non-bias of just deep intense love it could be the most demonic satan energy lucifer could come straight to you in the channel and if you're emitting that love and acceptance you can literally look lucifer in the eyes and be I love you, I accept you, and I accept all of what you are. You are a beautiful and and amazing aspect to this divine orchestration of intense, pure, infinite love and light. And even those energies will not affect you and your sovereignty and your your protected domain of being. Yeah. And that that's what I mean by your state that you're putting out affects it. Whereas if you're sitting there like, oh my god, uh, you're offset, you're you're resistant, you're uncertain. The uncertainty of it is the biggest part because, you know, you're just like not trusting of it and you don't even realize you're putting out that energy. And that's uh, that's a very powerful thing, though. That's a very powerful thing. Also, you're kind of feeling alien to it. Like you're feeling, you're feeling resistance of not being with it and sitting with it and just amming it you know you're not you're not able to relate and see yourself you know within even the most you know awful atrocious terrifying um forms or entities um who might not exist in form you know i just think either way if you're resisting it wouldn't matter if it's a positive or negative being you know you're gonna end up responding to an input however you want you know we are we are um stimulated beings we're reactive and responsive still we have form and 
we're organic biological matter, you know, at least in this, um, in this realm that, <laughs> you know, we mostly day to day just go through, you know? Yeah. It's so hard to talk about this kind of thing because I think there's a part of us that might be a little uncertain about our audience and who's listening and how they might be, uh, receiving the information that we're, we're portraying because at, at at some of this level, mm-hmm. the things that we're saying, d- depending on how it's perceived or received, it alters the meaning of what we're saying. You know, I yeah. think sometimes we can yeah. say things and know what we're meaning, but the way that it's received on the other end might have, uh, might might not have the same perspective, and it's coming and being received differently, and that can alter, you know, the way some of uh, that can alter the way that some of the audience's own spiritual path would be, uh, uh, what's the word, would be swayed. Yeah, because we're kind of just, we're throwing out dots with words, and people are going to connect them, you know, based on their collection of experiences, (laughs) you know, from what they've gathered from their own senses and experiences and and everything. So, I mean, you know, everybody's going to connect their dots in different ways, just like me and you are going to connect our own dots in different ways, depending on what dots we have available. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, So, like, I guess that's why it's important when we start talking about these things, we're taking our our consciousness and we're putting it, like, very far out there. You know, we're getting into the some of the deepest, like, not deepest, but we're getting into some very foreign um, perceptions, things that might not come across the consciousness every single day mm-hmm. to the vast majority of people. And that's where, you know, that spirituality and that, that inner shaman, that inner higher self, the what I like to call freelance shamanism, that practice, um, is uniquely variant upon each and every individual observer and interactor with the realm of the spirit. And so these are our perspectives. And like you like you pointed out, we each have our own separate perspectives. Mm-hmm. And just like that, each of the audience, each of the listeners has their own perspectives. So when we start getting really far out there, you find that, you know, we might be really far apart in our perception. Yeah. It's easy to look at each other and say, you're crazy. No, you're crazy. None of this makes sense and all those things. So when we come down to it, the most important aspect of all is to remember our grounding, who we are, what we are, where we are, and how all of these things exist, even the most foreign of foreign perceptions to each of us. All of that exists. And sure, it can be very scary out there because there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of unknown. In fact, there's vastly more unknown than there is to be consciously known from this form. There's impossible it is impossible for us to fully be conscious of all that there is. We can be conscious that there is an all that is, that is infinite, which means that the all is never-ending, but the grounding, the human, the foot that touches the earth, the ground, the pulses, all those energies, all those subtle things, all it comes down to, this body, this home, this space, all this energy, all these perceptions, all these perspectives and, and all the energies and all the different means of interpreting and understanding and everything, all comes down to just what, what is living presently within the silence of this body. 
the beating heart, the blood passing through our veins, the subtle sensations of every single nerve, from the smallest little fragments of hairs to the thick uh, sciatic nerve, you know, the little, all the branches of our brain tree of neurons and nerves and neural networks. All of that is happening and we are just here to watch it, to be it, yeah, to, to perceive it, and to to just experience that which is. So if you want to sit here at that lower level of consciousness and say crazy or oh that's wrong or that's right and all these little finger fights we're taking our eye off the ball we're fucking living baby yeah i think we're honestly all just what would be the point of being here if it wasn't to just be curious and and wonder (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. i mean if we weren't given a manual on this is how it works or didn't (laughs) there'd be no point existing if it wasn't to figure out why (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know if it's like being curious about how everything works where i end where i start you know where we all are all the time you know it's it's easy it's it's really easy to um get really rigid and to stop being so curious you know and i think that's i think that's one of the biggest um uh, you know unfortunate um things that kind of happens to us throughout our our human form is is that we forget we're playing the game and that we're just meant to have little curiosities and and wonders like a, like a child you know it, it wouldn't be as fun if we knew exactly what was the meaning and the reason and who was pulling the strings and all that well, i think we're supposed to be kind of exploring and and finding our own um you know finding ourselves and everything and finding ooh sorry <laughs> finding uh reasoning to everything you know yeah, and that's why it's um that's why it's important to recognize the humor the comedy of it all the utter meaninglessness of the purpose we find but that there's purpose within the meaningless that we don't find i th- i i don't really know how that came across out of my <laughs> mouth but what i mean is we get so attached and so, so attached to our meanings. They're my meanings. It's my life. That's what I identify as. My life's work, all these perceptions that I have, and all these experiences that I've had, all of this is my meanings. We're so attached. Just let it go. Let it go. Don't, that doesn't mean don't have your meanings and your perspectives, but I mean, when somebody says something that you might not agree with or feel so, just you might not feel is just genuine or whatever, so, so what? Let it go. It's like when we get super attached to our meanings, that's density. We're super dense. We're really like this. You know, we're not changing this. This is this is this is what we're building from. There's there's value in that, but also it's important to just let all of that go and let you know the foolishness happen. Let let yourself be uh, completely besmitten by the fog. You know, <laughs> let yourself get lost and just like like just watch. Yeah, let your the, truth. Let your you truth. Know? 
change. Let it always change. Let the curiosity be your guide to the ever-expanding growth of your worldview. It's never finished. And there's never certainty. There's certainty in that there's uncertainty. Not in a negative way, but in a way that you never know. We don't know. Yeah. We yeah. don't know. That's a that's something that I feel is uh, very valuable. Humbling. Yeah. Humbling and yeah. valuable is that we're ever growing and we're ever forever going home to our understanding of who and what we are. And we're just babies of and life. And we have no <laughs> even fucking idea yet. Yeah. And the fact that we can be aware of how vastly complex and non-understanding, non-understandable some of the things that we are going to makes it kind of like a joke to recognize how, like, sweet and innocent some of the, our attachments to these worldviews are. Like, yeah. like, so, some people are so damn attached. That guy's an asshole! And that fucking will literally ruin your goddamn day because somebody cut you off in traffic. And, like, you're just, you're disturbed, and that's all you can focus on. You're so just, ah. And it's like, man, we are literally matter that has become animate. Uh, A giant rock in the middle of a frozen expanse of nothingness that's spinning around a gigantic-ass ball of nuclear fire. And... All you can do is sit there and be upset that that guy cut you off in traffic. Think about what the fuck we are. And let yourself <laughs> get lost in that. That's I mean, that we drive do, we towards get... your curiosity, not towards your... Uh, just. I think that's <clears throat> where some of the fun is, though. I think some of the fun is getting angry. Some of the fun is feeling all oh, these... Yeah. Spe- no, I mean, but listen, like, these, these spectrums of emotions... I think are the point because we're constantly we are getting lost and then we're refinding and then we're getting lost like a baby who can only see two feet in front of them you know and then like slowly you know growing and and getting to see the the bigger picture and the bigger picture and the bigger picture but it's fun like let yourself be angry you know let yourself you know laugh loudly let yourself be embarrassed let yourself do all these things because if there if there isn't any good bad in the end of the day if there isn't any right wrong in the end of the day i mean we can't say that you know being closed minded is is any different than being open minded in the end of the day you know yeah but but i say this in terms of there's an a deep unhappiness that is relatively common i saw a statistic that more people in japan killed themselves in the month of october than the entire death count of COVID for the duration of the pandemic existing in Japan. Meaning in one month, that many suicides happened. That's because of so many people being so trapped in that world of emotional emptiness that 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 that, and not to say that not to downplay the the severity and reality of mental mental illness, but but there is something to be looked at when we see our, our our means of exploring the world and our curiosity being uh, subtly removed from our abilities to grasp you know we have the internet and stuff but we're we're not having that ability it's it's important to just recognize that we have a choice you know to we have a choice to let things go in whatever means we we can Whatever means, you know, it works for us. I'm not saying that there's a specific means that is just a cure-all. But I mean, you know, we don't have to live in that world of emotional attachments. 
We can we can transcend that. You don't have to either. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's better or not, but you know, if if you're willing to sacrifice this amazing experience of life because of these emotional intensities, you know, you're you're willing to take away everything that all that you're the sperm that won. You're the sperm that beat all the other sperms into the egg, and and you're the one that became. I have to believe though at some like because, so when I was like younger and everything, I wasn't raised with any sort of religion or anything like that. You know, no spirituality kind of or no kind of, you know, any kind of structured moral teaching. Yeah, no sort of um, support faith based or metaphysically based or scientific based or anything. You know, I'm just a kid, and you know. Having a traumatic childhood or this, that, and the other, I kind of, I was very atheistic and I just didn't understand how everything could be, how there could be some sort of truth that resonated with me that made sense when there are, um, you know, innocent babies who die, who have done nothing in the world yet to um, make a god mad or to harm another human being. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe that baby was going to grow up and be Hitler. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe that that baby had to pay off its karmic debt. But now I have to believe that even even being somebody who, you know, who struggles with my own, you know, mental illness and everything, um, I have to believe, though, that my journey isn't any less valuable or I haven't sacrificed anything less if tomorrow um, I get stepped on by a huge... A, a huge giant like an ant and I'm just giant squished ant. yeah <laughs> a giant a giant like an ant like if I get stepped on by a giant oh like, like, like we ant. would step on an ant right and and I'm just crushed and smashed into oblivion I can't think that I could have done anything different I don't think I could have stopped being any less angry if somebody cut me off in traffic you know what I mean I think that there's a certain amount of just like Nothing needs to change anyway. You know, even though there's tons of, of things that I wish didn't happen on the planet. You know, there's there's tons of things that I wish innocent people didn't have to go through. I, I you know, because I, I just feel... I can I can almost, like, feel their pain, you know, in the, in the human form and, and this physical sense of pain and, and, and emotional and everything that we're sensing. But I have to believe that, that everybody's journey here even if it's they don't even make it out of the womb you know <laughs> has experienced the same amount in the end of the day you know that they they, they they picked the same amount of berries at the end of the day you know that they that they enjoyed as much they learned as much because I think it's as a, it's a collective it's so much bigger than any individual not to sound so like you know like uh, what is that like communist or fascist <laughs> like like, independent lives don't really matter, but the greater whole is what's important. But you know what I mean? The survival of the the group, self-sacrifice is beneficial to the survival of the group. Right. That's actually a, even, like, just a Christian belief. Is okay. That self-sacrifice for the benefit of the whole is one of the most moral virtues that could be done. Okay. You know, that's a fundamental, you know, it's a, it's a base. And, you know, there's, you can agree or disagree with it, but that is a fundamental base of many moral philosophies right is that self-sacrifice is ultimately beneficial or or necessary for the survival of the the whole of the whole and the well-being of the whole yeah i think we just we are just 
little little radios that are receiving so much information, you know? And I, I think because I, you know, I get real hard and rigid and, and real firm on things and serious and all that, you know? Um, and then I... I resent myself for doing that and I waste more time and I do this and that, you know? And, and like, it's like, at some point, it's just nice to to be a, a child that reacts and responds in a physical, tangible, in-your-face reality and we make mistakes, we get angry, we have a broad of spectrum of feelings as humans and that's really, it's so amazing. Even with everything's said and done in the end of the day, you know, I know there's terrible things going on, which I have... I have empathy for and, and, and sympathy and all that, but, you know, I have to think that, like, it, just how amazing, you know? In the end of the day, when when you drop your body, you know, and, and you're no longer in the physical world, I just think that we're, we're back to our hole, and you couldn't have done anything differently, you know? Even if the whole human civilization doesn't get to evolve beyond the next um, you know, millennia or, or something, you know, like, I just, I don't know, um, just kind of was going off into thought there. Yeah. I know this is a, uh, well, so like, um, that, cause that falls with, let's say falls, that, that rises with, uh, that, that merges with my, this idea that we have, I guess, two different perspectives of things such as predestination and uh, that would be like predestination like fate some things are just fate that's supposed to happen okay. and uh, free will and sometimes those things can conflict but it is like a duality they, they, they sometimes are polar opposites in the sense of things are set in stone and nothing could have been different whether we no matter what we did things would have always happened that way and then there's also the free will of you know that, that we can choose our own destiny, you know, like forge our own fate through the irons of our, uh, of our kiln, you know, like there's, there's, there's all those different types of things. And we can recognize, you know, many different, uh, ways in which those would overlap. Um, one could say it's the battle of man against the world, you know, the self against the world or the you know, and then we can come together among commonalities, and sometimes those commonalities would, um, they're not perfect. And so there are variables that would not fit in with that commonality that is found to be uh, self-evident, to be an axiom for a collective base, a collectively understood truth that is just built off of a fundamental you know, for many Christians, it is fundamentally self-evident that self-sacrifice is inherently the most virtuous virtue of them all. Self-sacrifice for the benefit of the whole, for the Christian mind, is just a, an inherent axiom. So but, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a beautiful thing too, because then oh, it's absolutely. like it's like kind of the value of non-attachment just to the body in the form that you're currently in. You know, like when, when Jesus is, you know, hanging there on the crucifix and he says, um, I forgive you. Um, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they've done. Right, right. You know, and it's just like, it's so beautiful. Because it's like when you, when you can actually be that selfless and identify with the whole that much, 
you know, that you don't feel this immense attachment to the body and your your pain or your pleasure, you know, or this individual experience, but the... I don't know. <laughs> well, um, well, cause, well I, not to take it back, because that is a, that is no, a no, beautiful tangent. Just side note. The yeah, other thing yeah. that I was going to uh, build on was um, our ability to form habit, um, habitual uh, rituals in a way, meaning where sometimes we get caught in long loops of reoccurring emotional uh, currents. Like, you know, we, we get in a way we get trapped in we can get in like depression is one where it's a habit we're almost addicted to feeling that way yeah it's a, like and, a cyclical thing yeah. and know. so it's like you know anything that could take us out of that that state of that we'll say we'll use emotions for this example you know because I've found that in the past there have been times where my tensions were so high my mind was so out of whack I was being in interacted with by a person that did not have my best interest in mind so I had all these things in my head a person could have made a, a small traffic error and that ruined my fucking day and I would just be cussing them out screaming so angry and unhappy and uneasy and just that would cause me to to be aggressive towards others and all of that thing and so I and I could get in a loop like that and I could be just living that way for a long time the point where it's like that's just who I am I'm I, I have a short temper I get angry at that thing that thing drives me upset that is my pet peeve all those those little things so you know we can get really easily trapped and in that in that kind of state it can almost be um, uh, it can almost be like a sense of ego death that would have to occur in order for us to break those habitual lines we've so identified to these this set of behavioral and emotional um, patterns that we assume is just naturally occurring of ourself, and that there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Or, or so, but essentially, when you hear like a beautiful, beautiful violin, violin piece that just takes your heart and your emotions and runs wild and flowing, and you just dancing. It's just a dancing sound of. Just like, you know, I, my voice is shit, <laughs> but the violin is not. You know, it's, those things can just like, like dance with our emotions. But when we get so rigid and caught up in this set pattern of behaviors and emotional experiences, we don't break free from those patterns. And those, what I like to call karmic cyclones, are self-caused pain or self-caused limitation, That's or in a way, is. it's a, it's a, it's, it's like an ignorant, blind. Uh, I don't want to use the word bigotry because that's not what I'm trying to say. But I mean, it's a, a blind and ignorant, uh, unrecognized, self-imposed limitation where we limit ourselves and we convince ourselves that we are set certain way, that we are predestined. This is our fate to be this angry, upset. Or not, that's just the example I'm using. It could apply to any context. But we don't let our mind run free and dance like the sound of a violin does to our heart. Sometimes it's okay to let that happen. Some would call that, like, uh, transcendental meditation, where you just let your mind flow into the state of just curious, what can I do with my mind? What can my mind do to me? You know, those things. We don't... If we get caught up in that principle of karmic cyclone, 
We don't experience those other things, like contemplating the existence and interactions of extraterrestrials upon our consciousness and our, our humanity or our timeline of existence, if you will. You don't even come close to even coming to that because, well, it's just not within your pattern of set behaviors and interests and all those things. You don't allow your curiosity to forge a new path to discovering who you are in a deeper way or in another way or from a new perspective. Yeah, and I think um, kind of what you were saying earlier with, um, you know, a certain physical stimulus can trigger an emotional response that you'll continue to prolong, you know? You'll continue to ruin your day, you know, over something, um, some event that happened, you know, um, in your experience in the physical realm. And then we prolong that suffering, triggering it over and over again. Because, of course, you know, I, you know, I, I definitely am, I've had anger issues, you know, definitely. I get rubbed the wrong way. I think everybody gets rubbed the wrong way. That's inevitable. But to prolong that, that irritation and that, that stress within the body, that rigid, that rigidity in the body, you know, that, that comes down to, um, you as well, you know, for sure. Because, Either way, you're going to get rubbed the wrong way. You know, somebody is going to cut you off in traffic. You're going to get scared. You know, you're going to get upset at somebody, whatever it is, you know. But then that's kind of how the Buddhists, um, you know, go about suffering is <laughs> it's only really suffering when you're doing it to yourself. There's not really suffering that's, that is happening, you know. There's, there's suffering that you're creating, you know. And, I mean, if... If you're prolonging a triggered emotion, it's it's just going to end up making it harder in the end of the day for you to be able to connect into um, all these kind of topics you were talking about, you know? Whether you're just, you know, you're you're just letting your curiosity run wild and you're just letting your mind just, just, just open up, you know, and, and feel every little last bit of it, you know, of everything um, or nothing at all or whatever you want to call it, you know? Throwing out dots, more dots. <laughs> you, know? you never let the pattern break. You never break free from the pattern. You just let it keep going in circles and in different forms, but the same energy dance. You just keep re repeating over and over and over. To an extent, that's okay. But sometimes we get so caught up in that that we literally we don't ever grow. And I don't mean grow in like a because obviously sometimes. Things happen to us in life that cause us to grow and gain wisdom and such. But if we get so stuck in this, well, the pattern just repeats over and over and over and so long the same games. At the level of unhappiness that happen, that is that that, that we're seeing, that at least at least I'm seeing within the world, personally, collectively, whatever, the level of unhappiness that I'm witnessing, there needs to be some sort of a conscious change, as to some extent the change is happening to us regardless of any efforts that we put forth to increasing that change but if we can use our if we can use our discernment and and our free will to to alter that pattern we can rec break free from something that we feel is just an inevitable aspect of ourselves and that's in a sense transcending our current form into a new form 
which is something that could only ever happen in the future because right now is all we ever are all we've ever been and all we ever can be you have no other influence you can dream about the future all you fucking want all you are is right now and that's all you can ever have an impact on yeah i think um I was just kind of, you know, we're both now just kind of going off into thought. Yeah, and, and also we're getting close to the, we're actually past probably the ending part. But oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we can wrap it up soon. Okay, yeah. Um, either way, though, I think there comes a point where, um, you know, when I started really getting into, like, my spirituality and stuff, I was thinking, like, wow, like, this is so amazing. Like, I felt so empowered because I thought, I have all this control over what I, I am experiencing, you know? But then... And that kind of backfires on you over and over again. <laughs> and you realize, like, you don't have control, you know, necessarily. Like, the more you try to control, the more frustrated you kind of get when things aren't working out exactly how you want them to work. Um, but you definitely have a say in the creation and in and, and the response to it all, you know, as well. Yeah. Not just in the control of it all, but in the actual experience of it all. You get to pick your experience. You don't necessarily get to control the experience, but you do get to pick you your experience. You can choose um, how you react to when someone cuts you off in traffic. Right. You'd be so, like, ah, oh, you motherfucking so maybe, word. So maybe it's not all or free. Or just like, eh. Maybe, uh, maybe it's all... <laughs> fucking hate words sometimes. You know, maybe this is all pre- predetermined fate, whatever, but not really. It can't be because then you still get to go within the dimensions of what you're considering fate on a physical level. Like, are you, are you talking about, like, how long our solar system's going to last or how long humanity is going to last particular? You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, like what events are going to happen to in each individual person throughout the day, you know, this and that. Is there... Is there fate in every single second of every single aspect, you know? And then dimensions go into from beyond just physical, but emotional experiences, and then, you know, spiritual experiences, and all these layers and layers. It's just like, man, you know? We could just go further and farther. <laughs> you know? That's why we have a podcast. Yeah. We'll branch off from this. Yeah. Uh, you will be seeing many different new and improved aspects of our interactions and conversations and dialogue as we dalliance across the <laughs> ever-expanding expanse of consciousness's domain and the lack thereof, or perhaps the absence of. And much, much, much more coming soon on the Nomadic Curiosity Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for watching and listening. Not watching, you probably just we don't have a video so thank you for listening to us by the way we really do appreciate that mm-hmm. and yeah yeah we appreciate everybody who wants to willingly <laughs> come into this abyss of curiosity that and we listen to my annoying ass ad <laughs> yeah yeah sorry about the ads guys <laughs> we appreciate your support though and everything mm-hmm. you know so all right well as always I'd like you to have a beautiful rest of your morning, noon, midday, evening, dusk, and night.